Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back solo once again for some 1996 goodness. Today we'll be having a look at the July 22nd episode of Raw and Nitro, and you'll have to forgive me on this one if I'm not as coherent as normal. Um, The light bulb above where I record has just gone out, so I'm essentially trying to read the notes in the dark here, and I'm a couple of ginger krakens deep as well. So we'll make do with what we've got for the final episode of 2020. I mean, if the last episode of this year is a bit of a rambling mess, it's kind of par for the course for this year, right? That being said, we've got a couple of good shows to have a look at here. Raw's heading towards um, SummerSlam 1996, which I'm actually really excited to watch. It's one of them low-key underrated shows that I really enjoy watching. And Hogwild for WCW is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I've never seen that show. So I've got a fair bit of good 1996 stuff coming up. And I think I've just realized as well that we're not too far from the debut of Six. Um, If you've been listening to this show from the start, you know that Sean Waltman, X-Park, the 123 Kid, is one of my all-time favorites. And I've never seen any of his stuff as, as Six either. So I'm looking forward to that too. For context as well, Raw drew a 2.2. Nitro drew a 2.6, are still on top of the ratings battle here, as I imagine they will be for a while with this NWO stuff going on. Although Raw, um, in the coming weeks, is going to pull out some big guns, which I'm excited to chat through as well. That being said, I watch Monday Night Raw first, so without any further ado, we're going to head over and see what Vince and company had to offer in 96. Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Beautiful Seattle, Washington, in the shadow of Mount Rainier, known for such landmarks as the Space Needle, the beautiful waters of Puget Sound, and tonight at the Key Arena, home of the Seattle Supersonics. Yes, indeed, tonight, the World Wrestling Federation will present Monday Night Raw! Look at him, McMahon, they're pouring on drones to see the king! (laughs) We start Raw with clips of Seattle, Washington, which I'll splice in here, or will have just done, so you'll have heard them. Um, talking about the Kia Arena, the home of the Seattle Supersonics, which brings back um, sad memories for long-term NBA fans like myself, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Detlef Schrempf, etc. Um, probably names that most of you have never heard or not heard in a long time, but there you go, Google them. From there, we go to our first contest, which is the Smoking Guns taking on Sean Michaels and Ahmed Johnson. Before the match starts, the guns wheel out a cake. It's supposedly the fabulous Moolah and Shawn Michaels' birthday. I'm going to imagine the cake is for Shawn and not Moolah. Sonny uh, is distracted with the cake. We get a a four-man brawl. And straight away, sweet chin music on Billy Gunn. Ahmed Johnson then dumps the cake in Sonny's face, and we go to a commercial without a match ever having really taken place. No bell. When we come back from commercial, it's time for a marquee matchup if I've ever seen one. Wildman Mark Miro taking on the Goon. Yeah, this is going to be pretty poor. Um, Gorilla Monsoon also tells us with an inset little picture-in-picture that the tag match will happen later. Goon jumps Miro early on. Uh, Stone Cold joins the commentary table, which is great. He'll be taking on Undertaker next week, which should be really good. He's also agitating on the commentary team for a title shot. Goon looks like 
an absolute tit. So <laughs> there you have it. I'm not going to be kind to this. Um, we get a goon clothesline. Jake phones in as if like we're doing everything we can to distract you from this bullshit match that we've put in the ring. Maybe just don't put it in the ring if you need this many distractions. Um, Jerry Lawler and Austin just take the piss out of Jerry <laughs> out of Jake the Snake being out of Alco, and Vince threaten him, threatens him. Vince um, ends the chat with um, Jake talking about the past and the future. And we get back into the match. Miro hits a roll-up for a two. Austin asks for his own Lex Express, which I'm going to put the clip in here. It just popped me big time. He got out. He got out. What's with this wild man, wild man thing? That's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. What do you mean by that? Well, it's just stupid. I mean, y'all do some stupid things here. A long time You'll ago. You'll take a high-risk maneuver, that's a long for sure. Yeah, right. I think, they just, I think they just misspell it. They meant to say mild man. <laughs> a long time ago, y'all painted a school bus red, white, and blue and drug someone around to shake hands and kiss babies. Why don't you paint me up a school bus and let me go around the country and every time so, someone shows up, I just whip everybody's ass. Why don't we do that? Uh, that wouldn't be stupid. Well, why don't you start with The Undertaker next week? Uh, we get a botched head scissors by Miro, a backdrop, a knee lift. The goon slips on some cake icing on the floor, sucked in. That's what you get for booking this bullshit. Uh, we get a somersault plancher from Miro and a slingshot leg drop for a three. This was an absolute dud, and it's going to rate on the hammerlock scale. A solid eight out of ten. It's not. <laughs> um, it's probably not an eight out of ten bad match, but the fact that they knew it was bad and booked all this other shit over the top of it and still made it go this long just tells you that they had no faith and they knew they'd booked a shit show. So, yeah, eight out of ten on the hammerlock scale. That's the highest rating in quite some time. We then go backstage to Ahmed and Sean. They're ripping on Sunny a fair bit as we go out to a commercial. When we come back, it's time for Freddie Joe Floyd, a.k.a. Tracy Smothers, another of the long list of names we lost in 2020, unfortunately, taking on Mankind. We see footage briefly of Clarence Mason trying to defend someone to Gorilla Monsoon who has his back to the camera. Spoiler alert, that is the convict crush. Vince McMahon recaps Goldust vs. The Undertaker from the, f the last pay-per-view, and Fletty, Fletty, Freddy Joe Floyd misses a crossbody. Mankind gets some forearms and a running knee. We get drop kicks from Freddy and a top rope back, uh, back elbow for a two, before Mankind locks on the mandible claw and puts this to an end. We're told next week as well we'll get Justin Hawk Bradshaw versus Psycho Sid, and that's a match I never imagined taking place. I'm looking forward to that. Brian Pillman comes out before we go to another commercial. When we come back, it's time for Goldust taking on Barry Horowitz. So some more stellar lineup here. Pillman's on uh, commentary, and he threatens to say the seven words that you're that are banned from TV. Those words, however, are not banned from this podcast. So the words he was threatening us with are shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Most of those have already appeared on the podcast at some point, so nothing to be lost there. Um, and just for those of you that may not be in the know, this was actually a, um, a long-standing uh, debate going back to the 60s and 70s in America, I believe. I'm pretty certain um, we had a comedian arrested for saying those words in a monologue at one point, uh, maybe even several comedians arrested for saying them. Um, so yeah, that's what Brian Pillman is referring to, and there you have it. We see Mark Miro interviewed backstage as well, carrying on with the everything to avoid the action in the ring, and he says he's going to face Vader next week and Goldust at SummerSlam. 
Brian Pillman says, as much as I'd like to see Sable and Marlena go after each other's carpets, I mean, jugular. (laughs) So, I mean, what he's saying is not that much better than what he threatened to say anyway. I just can't believe that line made it to Raw in 96. Um, and yeah, in the ring, Goldust hits a suplex and a curtain call for the one, two, three. <laughs> Just the in-ring action has taken such a massive backseat on this episode. We then go to Sunny with the guns and they cut a promo, um, which I'll splice in here. The smoking guns, there they are. And, oh my goodness, Sunny. Uh, what? Well, what? Just a bad hair day, huh? Oh, bad oh. hair day. You think that's so funny now? Let me tell you something, okay? Ahmed and Shawn Michaels have no idea what being a champion's all about. These are respectable champions. Champions do not conduct themselves the way that those two imbeciles did just a little while ago. Well, Billy's fine now. I nursed him back to health. And we're going to go out there and we're going to defend our belts the best we can because I'm going home champions whether you like it or not. And let me tell you something, Shawn and Ahmed, you're not going to have your cake and eat it too. Well, you boys brought down the heat. Well, now you've got it, because you're fixing to see a side of the smoking guns you definitely don't want to see. Uh-uh. Oh, man, Johnson, Shawn Michaels, you're going to pay for what you did to my brother and Sonny. You're going to pay. That remains to be seen. Thank you very much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the Tag Team Championship up for grabs right here tonight on Raw. And our slam of the week, Vader beating Shawn Michaels at the pay-per-view. And then we go to Vince with Vader and Jim Cornette, and we get a typical shouty Jim Cornette promo. It's then time for our main event. It's the Smoking Guns taking on Sean and AJ. Um, Ahmed Johnson, I always write AJ, and I just must sound like I'm saying AJ Styles, but it's certainly not AJ Styles. Four-man brawl early before there's lots of showboating from Sean. We get arm drags and lifting arm ringers from Ahmed as we go to a commercial. We get a clothesline, then a bark gun hot shot. Shawn Michaels with a top rope axe handle for a two before Bart presses Shawn Michaels onto the ropes, throat first, not crotch first, and the guns double-team Shawn. JR Shills SummerSlam 96 being Undertaker's last match on the hotline. Um, Spoiler alert, that is not the case. Billy hits an avalanche for a two, and then Shawn with a noggin knocker to the guns in the hot tag. Ahmed cleans house and hits a spine buster. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, But (laughs) backdrop... Uh, gets backdropped out of the ring, and oh shit, it's Farouk in the fucking helmet. Comes out and beats down Ahmed. Jim Cornette, I'm oh, sorry, Jerry Lawler on commentary. He looks like Ron Simmons. <laughs> no shit, King. It's just Ron Simmons in a fucking foam helmet. Oh my god, the refs eventually pull apart um, Shawn Michaels and Ron Simmons as Shawn tries to distract him, and we go out. Um, this was an interesting show before we go to the halftime segment. It was actually a decent show to watch. It's just most of the in-ring action was crap. They booked it with so many extras that it was good, but yeah, the matches were not the highlight of this at all. I mean, the Guns and Sean versus Ahmed was good, but the other matches were largely terrible. We did have star power and good promos and storyline advancement, so yeah, overall a good show, and you know, it's 45 minutes on the network, right? So nothing to complain about there. Quick watch. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that stacks up against Nitro in a moment. But before we get there, it's halftime. Peace, God. Peace, God. Now the shit is explained. I'm taking niggas on a trip straight through memory lane. It's like that, y'all. It's like that, y'all. It's like that, y'all. Coming out of 
this week I'm going to follow up on a piece of merch or memorabilia I talked about recently, the WrestleMania 15 photo album. Um, a little bit of an update for you all. I, you know, if you didn't hear the show, I stole it out my brother's garage, something that he must have bought 10 years ago and forgot he ever owned. And he'd had most of the, the postcards in it. It's a 54 postcard set. And I think he had 30 of them, maybe give or take a couple. Anywho, jumped on eBay. They're cheap enough. Five, six bucks a packet and you get eight in a packet. So I ordered a couple of packets. So yeah, this would be fun. We like trading cards. Um, can update this. No problem at all get them in, count which um, sleeve they're supposed to be in, start putting them in, realize, holy shit, this thing doesn't have 54 fucking sleeves. Oh my God, what a calamity. So now if I get them all, I can't put them all in. Or the other option, I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, he put them in wrong and they don't go in, you know, it's like like an old photo album, right, where you've got two clear inserts for pictures to go into and you flip the page. I'm thinking maybe he got it wrong and they go back to back. So I'll count that out. But no, back to back, you'd have like four or five pages blank. So it makes absolutely no sense. A 54 card photo album and it's got about, I don't know, 38 spots on it. It's just asinine. So, you know, I took them in, put them out, couldn't figure out how I wanted to put them. And now I can't decide if I actually want to keep collecting the thing. I'm just so annoyed with the whole whole process so thinking it might actually finish off some of the old 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 trading card sets i've got in my garage that i've not looked at in years and then if i still have the itch for something like this go back to like some 91 superstars trading cards or something like that but i will keep everybody updated on that because i'm sure you're riveted with this audio right now (laughs) that will do it for halftime heat so let's head over and see what nitro has got to offer Nitro starts with Zabisco and Tony Schiavone talking about um, talking about Muhammad Ali lighting the Olympic flame, and he and Shaq um, have been having um, having been on <laughs> WCW in recent years. Sorry, as I said, it's dark and my writing's terrible at the best of times. Just a little bit of a segment highlighting some of the celebrity athletes that have been through WCW. We then go to Dave Taylor taking on Scott Norton. Dave Taylor starts with a drop kick and some European uppercuts before Norton comes back with a clothesline and throws him over the top. No DQ, so I think that quietly went by the wayside. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> this is, I definitely can't read my writing. It was a DQ, so it's not gone. What a shit ending. <laughs> Tony Schiavone has the nerve to say, what a way to open Nitro. Fuck off, Tony. This was not the greatest finish of all time. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, just a complete waste of a segment there as we go to commercial. We come back and we have a... Um, sorry, on the way out to the commercial, we've got a... VK Wall Street, little five-second promo, come back, and we have no sound momentarily, and then we go to Gene with the with the four horsemen, Sands, Ric Flair, and the girls. Bit of an average promo without Flair there. They talk about facing Sting, Macho, and Luger later on in the show. 
We then go to VK Wall Street taking on Conan. We get a very small IRS chant as Wall Street comes out, and he goes straight to a sleeper hold in typical IRS fashion. Conan hits a jawbreaker, a drop kick, and an armbar before they brawl on the outside. VK works on the leg and then a chin lock. We get a spin kick from Conan, an X Factor, and a crucifix for the one, two, three. So Wall Street not exactly setting the world on fire, and this is no IRS without the tax cheat promos, but at least the right guy went over, and it was short and didn't outstay its welcome. We then have Gene with Macho Man, Sting, and Lex Luger. It's a bit all over the place. Uh, they can't decide if they want to cut a promo on the Horseman or the NWO. I'll splice a bit in here for you guys to hear the beautiful mid-90s madness. We practice to deceive. The order, making a big impact here on World Championship Wrestling and wrestling fans all over the world. However, we've got bigger fish to fry, as they say right now. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, the total package. Sting joining me a little bit later on tonight. They're going to be facing Chris Benoit, Steve Mongo McMichael, and the nature boy, Ric Flair. But right now, Lex Luger, I don't know where Ric Flair is. He hasn't shown up here. He's probably out somewhere, maybe in a big fat limo, maybe in a catered hotel room. But we came here to make a statement. There's a lot of things happening here in World Championship Wrestling from all different angles. New World Order. Last week, I got stomped into a mud hole. I'll be the first to say it, but where were everybody else, the Stinger, the Masha were in Japan? That's how they want to play it. Now we're here to make a statement. We want the horsemen. We're here as WCW. We're here to make a strong statement of where us three are at. Isn't that right, Stinger? Yes, that is right. Mr. Total Package, but you know something, I just want to make one correction. In the scheme of things, it might seem kind of small, but there's only one guy who rides in a big fat limo around here, and that guy can stick it. You know who I'm talking about. Now, as far as the Nature Boy goes, where are you? I don't care where you are. I just want any one of the horsemen to step on out into the ring, because I feel like chomping on a horseman tonight. All right, Macho Man Randy Savage, you know these three men you're going to be facing tonight. You know them very well. Let's say the same thing a different way. I want Hogan here. I want the Nature Boy here. I want the Outsiders here. And let's get it over with in one night. Tonight, tonight. Get over here. Hogan, get over here. Nature Boy, get over here. Let's do it. All right, a lot of things on these men's mind. As you Then we go to a new and improved Glacier commercial. Uh, it's live action Mortal Kombat this time. It looks like something you'd see at 4 o'clock after school on a Wednesday afternoon. We go to another commercial, and when we come back, we have a very weird promo. Um, it's like a four-man Baywatch-style vignette for or Joe Gomez, Alex Wright, the Renegade, and Jim Powers. So if you could think of four weirder wrestlers to have like a Baywatch style vignette that goes for an absolute age, by the way, send them my way. Watch your list. I mean, might've been a bit stranger if we had Bastion Booger running down the beach eating a hot dog. But other than that, this was fucking strange. And it's like little clip of each one, then a clip of them walking with their shirt on and taking their shirt off while they walk. Then the next guy, then the next guy. It was just fucking a waste of time. Then, <laughs> and here's what it was for, those four guys, Joe Gomez, Jim Powers, the Renegade, and Alex Wright, take on the Dungeon of Doom, which this time consists of Kevin Sullivan, Hugh Morris, the Barbarian, and a new guy, the Leprechaun. Wow, this should be great. Um, a Leprechaun in 96. 
very early in the match, and we see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall in the control room. So much like Raw, they realize they've booked a shit match, and they distract you. Um, we get lame echo sound effects, like they've pressed a button, and now everything's echoing. It was a bit shit, but whatever. Scott Hall makes them pan the crowd, which is quite funny. And I think I spot a young David Flair in the crowd. Um, have a look if you ever watch this episode and tell me if it's him or not, or if you know, that'd be great. To be honest with you, though, the panning of the crowd and the backstage shenanigans are way more fun than the match, and security have to kick them out and spoil my fun. We go back to the match, sadly. <laughs> Tony Shivani tells us it's been high impact, and I do not believe him because he lied earlier and said what a start to the show when it was a fucking Dave Taylor, Scott Norton, throw over the top rope DQ. Tony, you have lost all credibility with me, my friend. Teddy Long comes out and gives Jim Powers a bit of a pep talk, and he explodes. Unfortunately, it doesn't last long because a giant comes out and fucks off all the baby faces with choke slams all around. So, good one, Teddy. <laughs> Gene then comes out and asks the giant about Hogan's challenge. He accepts that's probably a bad move. And we get told Saturday night this week will be moved to 7 p.m. due to the Atlanta Braves game, not the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Braves baseball. We then come from a commercial to our next match. It's DDP versus Prince Ikea. Neither of them get an entrance. We get a couple of moves, a tilt-a-world slide slam and the diamond cutter. And then um, we go back to commercial. So again, another waste of time. On this commercial, we get a very young Charvo cutting his five-second promo. And we come back and we get a video package on Benoit and Kevin Sullivan. From there, we go to Charvo making his Nitro debut, taking on Dean Malenko. We see a replay of Malenko attacking Benoit last week, and we get a very fast start in the ring, including a gut buster and a flapjack from Malenko, drop kicks um, before a gorgeous back suplex from Malenko, and then we get fireworks for hour two in the commentary swap over. Heenan's mic's no good to start. Um, he um, Bischoff very smartly blames it on Hall and Nash being in the production truck, which is you know obviously not the case, but it was a great call by Bischoff. Well done. Jimmy Hart comes out, teasing that Dean Malenko is going to join the dungeon. However, this distracts him, and Charvo gets a roll-up for a two. Uh, we get a top rope nothing from Charvo into a cloverleaf, and that is that. We then get a replay, and Bobby Heenan tells us he went for a flying head scissors, which I've never seen done before. Okay, if you've never seen it done before and he didn't land it, how the fuck do you know that's what he went for? Because he literally just jumped off the top and landed on his feet. So, well done, Bobby, but not quite. We then get an ad, and on this way out, it's Meng cutting the little promo. When we come back, it's the big Ice Train versus Meng. Ice Train does a leapfrog early, which is cool, and a crossbody for a two. It's a decent start from him. Teddy watches and nods, and we get an awful sunset flip for a one. Meng with a clothesline, a slam, and a head bump. He gets a bit of a beat down here before Ice Train comes back with a clothesline and an Ice Train attack. Let's see what I did there. And a power slam for a two. Um, he then uh, eats a super kick from Meng. They brawl along the outside, and Norton comes out and attacks Meng and says he wants Scott wants the ice train fresh for the pay per view. So there you have it, a DQ finish. We then get an NWO video, um, and we get a um, we we get a line in the video. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, where they're saying the NWO strike when the when the big names are not around, um, and they show the NWO beating on Lex. <laughs> that was a bit harsh for Lex. Um, that's gonna take my dick move of the week for WCW production, <laughs> showing Lex Luger in the ring and saying the big names are not around. Very harsh. 
we go to another commercial and we get an Eddie Guerrero um, little promo followed by another Glacier ad and an ad for Hogwild. When we come back, it's Psychosis versus Eddie Guerrero. And this was the one match across the two shows I was really looking forward to. The crowd are with me on that because we get an Eddie chant early. We get some chain wrestling before we go to a commercial, which is disappointing. Come back and we get a quick exchange, a drop kick from Psychosis, a clothesline and a top rope dive to the floor from Eddie, a back suplex, an enziguri from Psychosis, a top rope spin kick. Fuck, that was great. A suicide dive, a top rope leg. Eddie with a pop-up runner, a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Psychosis with a runner, a powerbomb, a corkscrew splash. Eddie Guerrero with a top rope runner and a frog splash for the fucking three count in what was a fantastic car crash of a match. I absolutely loved this. It was way too short, way too fun. But it was just great. Like, move, 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 move. Fantastic. Now it's time for our main event, and it is the four horsemen, or three of them anyway, with the three girls taking on the macho, not a big name, Lex Luger, and Sting. The commentary team sell the fact that Ric Flair is not being on the team as if it could be, um, he could be one in a white limo, which has been shown, and he could be joining the NWO, blah, 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 blah. Sting with a backdrop, a press slam, a clothesline, before the heels start to beat him down. Hot crowd here, though, and Benoit looks like a star whenever he gets in and interacts. Mongo's looking pretty good, too, with a neckbreaker and a dropkick. Um, we keep panning to the white limo as they triple team on Sting. Mongo botches a back suplex. Benoit hits a nice slam, and we get the hot tag, too. Not a big name, Lex Luger. That <laughs> could stick. He cleans house. We get a six-man brawl, and then Mongo steals the briefcase... Sorry, Macho Man steals the briefcase off the girls and nails Benoit for the one, two, three. There you go. When we come back from a commercial, Jane's with Jane. Gene is with the face team. He says, "Please, but please, lady, do not throw your underwear at someone in the crowd." Um, that was <laughs> something hit the ring. A bit strange, but I will splice some of that in for you hither. Welcome back, everybody, to more WCW Monday Nitro. We are live from Orlando. We've got a red-hot crowd, and I don't mind telling you, we just had a Donnybrook here. Hey, somebody, please, lady, do not throw your underwear in here. It's in bad taste. Now, it's okay. All right, gentlemen, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of what's going to be happening at Hog Wild on Saturday. That's August the 10th out of the Black Hills of South Dakota. Macho Man, I want to talk to you in a minute. You're going to be my guest out there in a special interview. But Lex Luger and Sting, finally, we get down to the nitty-gritty. You are going to be facing Nash and Hall, the Outsiders. And I get the feeling, Sting, that there are some dues to be paid. To say the least, Mean Gene, all I got to say is last week, well, the total package was feeling kind of beat down, you know what I'm saying? But now, the total package in getting ready for Sturgis, along with the Stinger, is not feeling down. We're just feeling kind of mean. I mean, real mean. I mean, so mean. You know something? Outsiders, I got an inside scoop on you outsiders. Yeah, I know when your birthday is. now. I'm not one for reading horoscopes or anything, but I just so happen to be thumbing through the pages in the paper the other day, and Sturgis is going to be a real bad day. A bad one for a Leo. A real bad day for Leos. That makes both of you guys Leos, yeah. All right, Lex Luger, we saw what happened last week to you at the hands of this New World Order, and I've got a feeling you're going to be venting some of that on the Outsiders in particular at Hogwild. From the very first moment, 
The outsiders have come upon the scene. You've been pushing all the wrong buttons. If you want to push me, the macho man, and the stinger over the edge, well, you've done a real good job. If you want to see us lose it, well, you know what, Gene? I am losing it because I've worked a lot of years to get where I am in this great sport. And I care a lot about World Championship Wrestling, and you've had nothing but disgust, disdain, and sarcasm for what we represent. But in Sturgis, you're going to learn if I have to punch your teeth down your throat to wipe that smoke off your face, you're going to learn what Sting, what Marshall, Lex Luger, World Championship Wrestling, and all these fans who watched us through the years mean. All right, Macho Man, very quickly. Here's the deal, Hulk Hogan. Listen to me, because I'm talking to you. It's Sturgis, the giant accepted, and you're going to go against them? No, because I'm going to beat you up going down the aisle right in front of all your bikers, brother, and the Army, the Navy, and the militia. Nothing's going to stop me, because I'm going to kick your head in, and there's nothing you can do about it. You understand that? We got a date. Don't be late. And to end on a bit of a sour note, we don't find out who was in that bloody white limo. So there you go. We just move on and ignore it. That brings you to the end of the show, and it's time to pick a winner. For production, I think this is one where we have to go with the obvious one of WWF. Uh, Some sound issues and a couple of other small little things for WCW, but nothing major, but WWF gets a win there. As far as characters go... Oh, I'd probably go with a tie here. They both had big names on the show. Um, We had Macho Man, Lex Luger, Sting. We had Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, uh, Mankind on the other show. So probably a tie there. As far as storyline advancement, I think I'm probably going to go with WCW just. It was pretty close, but WWF had sort of a story within a show uh, ending their little raw storyline between Sean, Ahmed, and the guns, whereas WCW advanced storylines that built towards a pay-per-view, so I'd probably give them the edge there. Crowd heat, I'd also go with WCW. The Raw crowd had its moments, but I think the WCW crowd was quite hot throughout the longer show. And match quality, I'm going to go with WCW as well because of Psychosis and Eddie, and Benoit looking good in the main event in 96. So, Overall, two decent shows, but WCW definitely worth its ratings win on this one. Well worth the watch, and we're heading into the real peak of the NWO here. We're going to get some new members soon and other things going on, but for now, I'm just enjoying watching the ride and sitting through this for the first time, and WWF's doing some decent stuff here at the moment. 95's in the the rearview mirror, and we're pretty much seeing good wrestling every week, if nothing else, so you could do a lot worse than going back and re-watching 1996. That will do it for now. I will close by saying, at the moment, I'm probably looking for another co-host or two just to do some stuff with, get me motivated and on it. Um, Still doing stuff with Richie and Duncan whenever we can, but probably could do an extra show a month if someone was interested. They could either watch some of these 96 shows and get in touch with me or do something different if anyone out there has any ideas. But feel free to get in touch if you want to be involved, even if it's not for a whole show and you want to contribute to a segment. Let me know. I am always on the lookout for some more help. Otherwise, that will do it for today. Have a great new year. Thank you all for listening in 2020. And hopefully 2021 is a lot better for all of you. Peace out. Bye.